Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two brand new episodes for you. In the first, I was joined by Lee from DCLI, the largest container chassis provider to the U.S. intermodal industry. I spoke with Ryan from DCLI on Thoughts and Coffee a couple of months ago, so it was really nice to get the opportunity to dive even deeper with Lee. We talked all about the DCLI and what they do, why they're investing in improving trucker experience, the contentious issue of chassis regulations, and DCLI's mission to transform the way chassis work within the intermodal supply chain. The second of last week's shows was episode 36 of Blended, and I was joined by a fantastic panel of guests to talk about victimhood. It was a really raw and honest episode. We talked about what it means to be a victim and the stigma or pity that can come along with it. But we also talked about the importance of allyship and what we can do to help victims through their journey of healing. It was really an emotional episode, but filled with some really great suggestions and advice. If you missed either of those episodes, you can catch up over on Let's Talk supplychain.com on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. DCLI was episode 360 and Blended was episode 361. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Ready to empower the people and improve the processes that grow your business? Esker's AI-driven solutions make it easy by delivering greater speed, strategy, and security across your entire enterprise. Visit esker.com today and learn why Esker is used by finance, procurement, and customer service leaders around the world as their trusted global cloud platform. Esker transform the way you work. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we begin the show, I'm going to ask you a question. According to Statista, what was the total value of U.S. retail sales in June 2023? We've seen rising costs, inflation, and talk of a recession. So what impact could that all have had? Well, let us know your guesses over on social media and keep listening because I'll let you know at the end of the show. So today I'm joined by a company that is empowering data collaboration in the retail supply chain with an expert team, proven process, and industry-leading technology. They have been connecting businesses for over 20 years. But who are they? Well, I'll reveal it all after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, how important is sustainability in your supply chain strategy? Now, we had almost 300 votes. 55% of you said extremely important, 33% of you said important, 10% of you said neutral, and 3% of you said not very important. Now, we had a couple of comments over here. James says, the interesting aspect of this poll right now, 58% of respondents noted it's extreme important, but when you look at the actual execution and implementation of sustainable strategies... They don't exist. 
that is an interesting point, right? How are we measuring this? What are we basing the extremely important on? Now, it can be extremely important to somebody, and they could be making little strides every single day to make a difference. So as long as we're moving in the right direction, it's great to see that it is extremely important to most supply chain professionals. So thank you to everybody who voted and weighed in on the poll of the week. So now, back to today's episode and which industry-leading cloud solution is joining me today? Well, it's SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is the world's leading retail network, connecting trading partners around the globe to optimize supply chain operations for all retail partners. They support data-driven partnerships with innovative cloud technology, customer-obsessed service, and accessible experts so their customers can focus on what they do best. And it's Tony Thrasher, Senior Director of Product Management at SPS, that is joining me for the show. With over a decade of experience in the retail supply chain, Tony specializes in delivering solutions for 3PLs looking to connect and automate with their customers across all sales channels and fulfillment models. Today, Tony will be telling me all about SPS and what they do, the landscape of retail supply chain, the investments organizations should be making within their supply chains, and the importance of meeting the consumers where they want to buy. So welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me on today. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, SPS has really helped more than 105,000 companies in retail, distribution, grocery, and e-commerce to connect over the years. And for all of you that know how passionate I am about collaboration, well, that is just music to my ears. So I really can't wait to find out more about what it is that you're doing, but also the impact this kind of incredible network is really having on the industry. So let's dive right in. Let's talk about the SPS journey. You say that you always knew from the start that there was a better way for retail trading partners to work together. And I think you've grown consistently for the last 20 plus years. So you must be right. What was the vision? What was your secret to that sustained success? Yeah, I mean, it's perfect with your sign right over your shoulder there too. Collaboration is the future of business. You know, I mean, really, that's when we describe what we do, we we lead with collaboration. So anytime you have a, a retailer, you know, grocer, distributor, e-tailer, whatever that may be, obviously, they have to collaborate with their manufacturers, brands, CPG companies, the, the folks that produce the items that they sell. So really, any type of collaboration that takes place between those two parties, especially in the digital form. Uh, exchange of critical pieces of information, data, purchase orders, et cetera. That's where that's where we want we want to live, right? Um, and we we position ourselves as the world retail world's retail network. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, what that means is, you know, we want to be the network that represents all of that collaboration. Amazing! I love that. What does what has the journey started? Like, what what has the journey looked like? How did you get started in this? Right. I mean, well, on the you know not to overuse, overuse the term network, but the way we look at the world is we focus on retailers, we focus on their supplier communities, those brand CPG companies, and then uh, logistics providers that obviously serve both. 
Mm-hmm. So um, we have always took the stance that if we're working with a retailer, we want to help them with every single one of their suppliers. If we're working with a supplier, we want to help them with every single one of their retailers. If we're working with a third-party warehouse provider, we want to help them with every one of their customers, which are largely the retailers, suppliers, the brands, manufacturers mm-hmm. uh, that are then supporting the retailer connections and, and, and business that is established there. So we've really kind of just grown organically by focusing on each of the, those areas. And every time we have a retailer that's working with a supplier that we haven't seen, we have an opportunity to have a conversation with that uh, brand or manufacturer. Every single time we have a brand or manufacturer that brings us into another retailer, we have the conversation there. So it just allows us to continue to kind of build out those uh, those additional companies into the network. And once you're part of the network, then you get the benefit of the second and third and fourth connection being that much easier. Well, and congratulations on organic success. I mean, that is not easy. But when you can be that partner where they want to bring into that room, into those conversations, I mean, that's kind of the secret to your sustained success, if anybody is listening. Now, obviously, the landscape of retail supply chain has changed massively in those 20 plus years. So what does the industry look like now, especially for 3PLs and logistics companies, you know, in this post-pandemic environment? Have things kind of settled down? What are the new challenges? What are the trends? I know for one, you know, there's not enough freight right now for 3PLs and logistics companies. So talk to me about what you're hearing. What are, what kind of conversations are you having with them? Yeah, I think, you know, across the board post-pandemic is, uh, we really looked at that as just accelerating the path that everyone was already on, right? Like retail accelerating, you know, the things that all the re- all retailers were doing in the front half office, if you will. So us as consumers, what we were experiencing, that that's pretty easy. Uh, but very much so, uh, folks are still catching up with them, what that means to their business, to be able to support those business models and the way the new things that they put in place to support their consumers. So I don't think it's slowed down uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's been some areas in uh, post-pandemic that folks are now kind of rationalizing coming back to the new normal, if you will. Uh, Take, for example, in the third-party warehouse, uh, you know, people were unsure about inventories that were going to come in, when they were going to get them, how much space they were going to need. So you saw contracts popping up to just make sure they had the space to store those goods in the warehouse. So you can see some of that now when those things start to expire, uh, we're getting back into kind of a maybe an area of a little bit more certainty. Now you have to have a, uh, you know, you're getting back to maybe the way it's going to run for the next few years again, right? Yeah, absolutely. Being able to forecast again. <laughs> Right. Because during the pandemic, that was a bit of a nightmare. And I know that that went on for for a few years. But now I think things are settling down a little bit into that new normal, like you were talking about. And, you know, the space that we need, the inventory, people are looking at that a little bit differently as well. What space do we need? How much inventory are we going to carry? Are we going to carry all of these SKUs? So lots of different discussions that are happening in that space. Absolutely. So who exactly is SPS? What do you do and how do you help your customers? Break it down for us. Absolutely. So 
like again, we when I give the elevator pitch of SPS, I always anchor on collaboration. Okay, all right, yeah. uh, but at the end of the day, you know, supply chains don't work unless you have multiple companies working together, right? Mm-hmm. So in in our world, we are centered on retail. So uh, you know, we look at ourselves as the re- as the retail experts, you know, s- especially in, in North America in that context. So. Uh, we always like to say, hey, we know the ins and outs of working with Target, for example, uh, better than anybody. And, and part of that is because we have thousands of Target's suppliers, the manufacturer CPG companies that are working with them every single day. Mm-hmm. So if Target makes a change to their pallet in, pallet out DC operations, we're going to learn about it. And then that trickles down to their suppliers and that trickles down to the third party logistics providers that are servicing those suppliers. Mm-hmm. So we really look at ourselves as that, that hub of retail expertise, if you will. And then there's all this different, you know, we'll use the term external data. Uh, there's all this data that needs to be exchanged between those trading partners in the supply chain to make sure that it's running efficiently. And in our, in our space, you're going to work with Target. Target's going to tell you how to work with them. And then, you know, you got to, quote unquote, get an A with with Target. So uh, we really help with the exchange of order information, you know, item information. Maybe you're selling a new item and Target has a specific process for how you've got to get that to them. I'm just using them as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, variances on that order. What can I ship on time? What's back ordered? uh, Inventory information. And then we also have a point of sale where retailers will share out their actual sell-through performance that our customers tap into as well. So really, again, anytime there's that potential for automation and exchange of that data between trading partners in the supply chain in that retail space, that's where we play and all of our products are centered on one or multiple of those data sets. Amazing. And it's like you're leveling the playing field so that everybody has a chance to be able to work with a retailer like a target, like you mentioned, right? There's so much information. There's so many things that need to happen to be able to supply somebody like a target. And it sounds like you're really leveling the playing field so that everybody can play in that market, which I really, really like the sound of. So um, talk to me about who your customers are. Do they need to be a certain size? Uh, for example, to work with SPS, or do you work with you know all sorts of you know size companies? Great, great question. You know, and I think that's one of our our strengths is we will work with the you know very small merchant, mm-hmm. a very small brand. Maybe they just got into retail for the first time, right? And they're being told by their customer, "Hey, if you if you want to get orders from us, you've got to be able to." You know, in our in our industry, do EDI, mm-hmm. uh, so electronic data interchange, uh, and that can be a daunting task because they're like, "Well, I'm, I'm a product person. I've got this sponge, or I've got this toy, or whatever, right? That I'm that I'm selling." Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of our customers we get really early on where they just need to be able to get their orders from their customer, right? And as they grow, they're adding additional trading partners. Maybe now they're adding some additional systems. Mm-hmm. To help them manage their business, where maybe early on they were doing mostly an Excel and email, right? Excel, um, everybody loves Excel. Excel. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're getting into you know making investments in the ERP or an order management system or an item or inventory management system, et cetera, et cetera. And that's 
one of our, you know, one of our strengths is we have solutions that go from maybe you're getting 10 orders from your retail customer an entire year, all the way up to I'm running SAP and I have multiple divisions and I'm getting tens of thousands of orders or, you know, more like a million orders a year, whatever it may be. We can, uh, we, we have solutions and we have partners over the, you know, 20 plus years that we've established to be able to work with any of those systems. So size of customer is an advantage for us because we can grow with all of our customers. And I love that because I go back to what I said about leveling the playing field, right? You give a competitive advantage so that everybody can play in that space. Everybody can be a partner to a target or, you know, a large retailer like that and really get their products out there. And that, you know, goes for diverse suppliers, smaller suppliers, you know, we're bringing everybody into the fold. And I really like the fact that you've thought about that and that you're there for them and helping them compete. Now, one of the things that you mentioned was EDI, and I know that you um, spelt it out for us, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's a very important part of what you do and how your customers work with those large retailers. Can you remind us of what EDI actually is, how it works and what some of the benefits are? Because I think we're also now starting to hear API. And so I just want to make sure that we're, we're speaking the same language. Right. Yeah. Love that question. So, uh, and I'll, I'll give you the industry de- or like the definition of what, but then I, I want to just give a little bit of color on the way we think of it here too. So e- EDI, electronic data interchange, X12 standards, Edifax, like at the end of the day, that is a, uh, it's a, it's a standard uh, that most retailers choose to define their requirements within. Right. right. Okay. So here is, if you want to receive purchase orders from us in this type of a shipping method or fulfillment model, here's the way we're going to send the orders. Here's how we want you to acknowledge them. Here's how we want you to let us know in terms of an advanced ship notice or when the shipment is coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really it's most retailers choose to use that because it's been around for a while. It's effective for communicating your expectations of your supplier community uh, so in that regard, it is a data st- a da- data standard in, in that regard. Now, at SPS, we look at EDI as maybe a more broad definition, electronic data interchange, which is it doesn't matter what the file format is or the okay. technology you're connecting to. So we would consider API or XML or CSV, if there's a retailer that has that as their preferred co- connectivity method to their cost, their, their suppliers, if you will, we'll leverage that. Uh, and then we also look at the business process around that data that it supports. Okay. Like you have to understand, I like, I know I feel like I'm calling out target, but maybe it's because they're local and we know pretty well, but like, <laughs> uh, they I often say, if you're working with target and you're doing the direct vendor ship, where you're shipping to their customers on Target's behalf, Mm -hmm. or if you're shipping direct to a store, or if you're shipping to a DC and you're doing pallet in, pallet, like you might as well just be working with multiple retailers. Right. (laughs) That is very true. I mean, the omni-channel experience right there, that's what you've just described. And each one of those, there's there's a reason for the data that they're asking you to send. They happen to communicate all of those models I just talked about through their EDI program and their EDI Mm -hmm. specifications. But at the end of the day, each one of those are supporting a business process. And you have to also understand the ins and outs of that business process. And that goes back to our reason for existence 
to our you know primary customer base on the supplier merchant brand side is we're going to make sure that you understand all of those things mm-hmm. and that you're trading with Target in the way wa- Target wants to be traded with so yeah. that you can focus on getting the next big order and getting the new product line off the shelf, like going and all that kind of stuff. Well, and you're letting each part of the supply chain sort of um, focus on what they do best rather than trying to figure out the whole technology and figuring out how everybody is going to integrate and get the data exchange, et cetera, et cetera, because you've got the supplier that's, you know, shipping into um, Target. Let's use Target. (laughs) But then they're also working maybe with a 3PL. Right. And that 3PL also needs to be in the know as to how it needs to be shipped, what the markings need to be on that pallet, you know, how they expect the orders to be delivered, potentially direct to consumer. And that direct to consumer not only um, has an impact on target, it also has an impact on that supplier and it has an impact on the customer experience and whether they're going to come back and buy from you again. And so this is really what you're talking about as far as that network, how you are a hub of bringing everybody together to speak the same language, right? Absolutely. And we've, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the numbers earlier on, you know, 105 thousand uh brands merchants that we've worked with which means we've seen the technology side we've seen the connectivity methods and the data formats and the systems and the part like we've seen all of that and uh but what we bring consistently is that retail expertise so you, you're just talking about 3pls and in a nutshell you basically summarize our 3pl product like we help them connect with we help them connect with their customers which are going to be the brand, typically right the brands and manufacturers that are shipping, yeah. selling into retail, and three PLs, these public warehouses, third party warehouse providers, they have a tough job, right? Because uh, they not only are understanding their customers' requirements, how they want to ship, how they want to show up, but then they have to understand the requirements of each of their customers, which is the retail. So to your point is, I need to know exactly how Sarah is interacting with retailer X how she's shipping to retail X. And then I need to know uh, my next customer and how they're working with maybe the same retailer or different set of retailers. And you might be running a facility with dozens of those underlying relationships that you have to not only know the data requirements, but know the business process requirements. Absolutely. And so you have mentioned the word data quite a bit. (laughs) Um, I know it's obviously a word that we're all using. I think just in supply chain alone, there's so much data that we can sift through, you know, whether we're a small company, a medium-sized company, or a large company. And then there's also the data that we have circulating within that network that we're talking about. So what does data mean for SPS and your customers? What is the impact? And I'm going to use another word that a lot of people use interchangeably, which is visibility, right? Mm -hmm. What is that visibility and level of insight that you bring? Because I think I read that customers who use SPS analytics outperform industry benchmark. And that is a really, really big deal, especially to those smaller shippers, manufacturers that we're talking about as well. Run us through that. What does that look like? And how do they kick butt in the industry using your platform? So uh, two two angles to that. First one is in a lot of regards, we're moving the data that they're getting from their trading partner, customer, whatever the relationship may be 
in into a system that's important for them to act on, right? So you got to get that order into your warehouse management system so you can pick back and ship, right? So yeah. obviously the just the movement critical, but then the the insights or the visibility to that data also very important, right? So one of our, you know, one of our product lines is around, I mentioned this earlier, is around sell-through performance. And this is a little some of the benchmarking pieces too. But for the retailers that that share point of sale or sell-through performance, they're, they're doing so because they believe that their partner, the their their supplier, you know, can also look at their performance and make recommendations. And that's where you see the benchmarks, yeah. right? Because now you've got this not the overused term, but this collaboration taking place where both parties are incentivized to do the same thing, which is sell more of that given product. Right. So, hey, I'm seeing this trend. Maybe let's allocate inventory a little differently. Let's move it into these stores. Or, mm. hey, did you know I got this promotion going that'll get you know this product category moving a little bit faster based on the last six months of results. So again, it just gets people to have the same visibility, which is extremely important. So then they can have the right conversation, make the right business decisions. Well, and I also think like sifting through the data too, right? Because you need to have good data. Sometimes it's not all usable data. And I, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming that working with your platform, you kind of do that for them and just put it into a reporting function where they don't have to sift through that good and bad data to really figure out what it is that they need for insights to be able to take action on. hundred percent. Like it's every, you know, I've always said that every, mostly speaking, retailers do things similar ways, right? That I always say, you know, 80% of every retailer's purchase order is going to be similar, but then you've got to handle the 20%. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> you have uh retailer sending you daily point of sale data or weekly versus monthly. So if you don't get that into a consistent way that you can consume it, you've just got these nuances you're dealing with based on each one of your customers, each one of your retailer trading partners, if you will. So, so, so much of what we do is that, that normalization. So when you're interacting with all of your retailer trading partners, you're interacting with them the same way, repeatable fashion. And then again, it makes them, once you've you know done three, four of them, and you add the fifth, the sixth, everything just becomes easier, and you start seeing the same patterns in the data and all that. Well, and it can be overwhelming, especially when we're talking about small to mid-sized businesses, right? We're leveling the playing field. We're allowing them to compete and have that competitive a- a- advantage with your platform. And if you don't have something like that, the data just gets lost or it gets overwhelming and there's you just can't take action on it for your business to be able to grow, for your business to be able to grow with your clients and your 3PLs, which is what everybody wants. And so we're going to talk about collaboration in just a second, but I want you to bring all of this to life for us with a case study. Can you paint us a picture of how you worked with a 3PL or a shipper and the sure. benefit or the ROI that they saw from working with you? Yeah. So one of our recent uh, customers on the 3PL side, uh, actually out of Canada, primarily retail apparel is their customers. <laughs> and there we go, playing up the crowd a little bit. Canada. <laughs> uh, company, 3PL on, you know, called Remco. And you can see the case study online, anyone's interested. But, you know, they had a very typical story, right? You have, you know, several customers. Each of those customers are working with retailer trading partners and, you know, Previously to working with SBS Commerce, they would treat each one of those customers as, you know, another kind of integration point, another, uh, you know, set of order channel to, uh, to to get into their WMS. And, you know, 
essentially when you're working with SPS in that space is we're going to do the technology piece, very important, but but we brand ourselves as a as a full service provider, which means we're going to be the ones that give a call to every one of Remco's customers representing them, ask them how they're getting their retail orders today, what systems are they using, they have a preferred way that they like to exchange that information, et cetera, et cetera. And again, because we've done so many of these over the years, it's, you know, we probably worked with that system where we've probably worked with that, you know, that set of data. Uh, and uh, we can get those all through essentially the same connection point to the WMS. Uh, so that whole process uh, for Remco, you know, you go from maybe it taking, you know, months to get a new customer onboarded to weeks getting a customer wow. onboarded. And you have that retailer lens, again, that's on those. So we're able to coach Remco or any of our, you know, 3PL partners for that matter on all right, so if you haven't seen this retailer before, here are some of the pieces, not only on the requirements in terms of the, the EDIs and the data, but also, you know, hey, here's how you have to actually book freight with them. Here's the right. carrier that you need to use if it's over 150 pounds versus less than 150 pounds, like all of those types of nuances that they're going to learn one way or the other. We're just, you know, making it more efficient for them to learn that quickly. Well, you put it into a playbook. I mean, I come from the 3PL logistics world. And let me tell you, <laughs> if we had a playbook back then, <laughs> how much easier that would have been and how much happier our C-suite would have been because it would have taken so much less time for us to onboard a customer because the sales cycle takes a while too, right? So if you put the sales cycle plus the onboarding, you know, for you to actually get a customer and get some revenue coming in, I mean, yep. a playbook for that to cut down on time, that's giving you money back in your pocket, time back in your pocket so that people can be focused on what they do best. And you have a playbook and a checklist <laughs> that you can use. I mean, it's magic. I, I I think it's magic. And I wish I had one of these. <laughs> All right. So you keep mentioning collaboration. And we've talked about how collaboration is the future of business because it says on the sign behind me. <laughs> And I say it all the time. Um, but what you're doing at SPS really is the definition of collaboration, right? How do you think your approach is really changing the industry for the better? I mean, we've we've heard about blockchain and how blockchain is supposed to bring everybody together because we're supposed to exchange data, but everybody is very much like, I'm holding my data close to my chest because I don't want to share it with anybody. How are you breaking these glass ceilings? How are you bringing collaboration into the fold and really helping to impact the industry in this way? Yeah. I... Collaboration only works if both parties can collaborate, right? It kind of sounds, you know, obvious, but, <laughs> but so much of what we do, even when we're partnering or having conversations with a retailer, for example, is, you know, helping them understand what their supplier communities are going to be uh, capable of doing, right? It's like, well, don't, don't ask for, you know, a certain piece of data or a business process that maybe 5% of your supplier community is going to be, you know, able to do, right? So it's, Let's take the collaboration piece, but also make sure we're collaborating on uh, the right context that both sides, both of those, both both sides of the relationship can actually execute on. Right. And, and that's, again, the same 
same in the other direction too, whether working with a 3PL or, you know, a retailer supplier, uh, where it's, we can help them, you know, instead of taking the, I mean, honestly, you take one of these retailers, like if you took the retailer's playbook, you're talking potentially hundreds of pages of documentation uh, when it, when it comes down to it, like big, thick stacks of paper. Uh, and we can distill that down to a, you know, customer that just got into retail for the first time and tell them to your point, the playbook, the, the 10 things that they, that they really need to know today, and then they can get more sophistication. So it's, it's almost like the starting point on that collaboration and then, and then growing from there. So that's, so I should have said more easily consumed playbook, playbook. There you go. <laughs> with there a play by play of here's what you do first. Here's what you do next. Here's what needs to yeah, happen right. after that. Here's what you high do. school football team versus the <laughs> 49ers right <laughs> yeah exactly I, I should have I should have said that because we don't want a playbook with like you know 102 pages nobody has time for that but we need a checklist and a, a smaller playbook with a play-by-play of of what that all looks like um one of the other things that you uh talk about or SPS talks about is the importance of meeting every consumer where they want to buy it which I love and we talked about omni-channel a little bit earlier in this conversation um I hadn't really thought about it necessarily from a consumer perspective. I usually talk about it from a B2B perspective. So what do you mean by that? Why is it so important? How are you helping your customers to serve their consumers in that way? Because I mentioned it before, right? Customer experience is everything. It means they're going to come back. They're going to buy from either the retailer or they're going to buy from you, right? 100%. And like the, the way that we we always start with the retailer and what the retailer's motivations are, which is obviously satisfying the consumer, all of us. So everything that then happens downstream is just a product of that, right? Mm-hmm. We were going through those examples. You you touched on the omni-channel word where it's like they're doing all of that because of our expectations. So that trickles down to the way that they want to engage with their supplier community, which then trickles down with the way that they want to engage with their third-party warehouse partners. So we always like to center ourselves in, well, this is happening because the consumer's expectation is X. And then that has a ramification to the reason why a retailer wants to run a, you know, fulfillment model or shipping method this way versus that way. It's because they believe that that puts them in the best position to Mm -hmm. serve the customer and the consumer. So all the way down that whole, you know, uh, ecosystem, it all comes back to how all of us want to actually interact with retail and purchase mm-hmm. patterns and all that kind of stuff. So we we always start there. And a lot of our value prop is the ability to, we can handle the playbooks, if you will, the <laughs> easy consumable playbooks, so that you can handle the things that are maybe a little bit more consumer facing, like making the next big sale to your retailer or the new product line or whatever that may be. Right. So that's, we talk about that a lot is we're freeing up our customers to concentrate on the consumer Mm -hmm. and we're going to help them, you know, collaborate with each other with the consumer in mind. Amazing. Now you taught, you spoke earlier about um, onboarding for your 3PL in that example that you used for Remco. But what does onboarding look like as a customer of SPS, right? Because when I talk to technology partners and we're talking about the technology and we're talking about how amazing it is, 
my audience always has in the back of their mind, well, do I have the IT resources? How long is this going to take me? I love what they're saying, but I'm just not sure. So talk to us about what that onboarding uh, process looks like. Yeah. So the first, the first piece that matters is if I'm again, like the vast majority of our customers are going to be those retailer suppliers, the brands and manufacturers, their, their first motivation is and should be when they come to us is give me compliant with my customer, the retailer, so that I can start receiving orders, right? Like that's oftentimes one of the first interactions we have with them. And that's where, you know, we can, in, you know, a couple days time, usually we can get them up and running because we've done it so many times on a user interface that allows them to get their orders. They can send back all the required documents. Hey, here's the acknowledgements. Here's the shipments. Here's the invoicing. Like you're up and rolling. And then you can add sophistication from there. So, you know, maybe I want to quickly then get to automation of orders into my QuickBooks so I don't have to have manual order entry. Or maybe I made this big purchase on NetSuite and I want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of my NetSuite purchase, right? So we can add those layers uh, and that onboarding, again, always starts with the retailer compliance. You got to make sure you can get the orders. And then we start chipping away and, and, and taking bites out of the, the automation and some of the additional capabilities. Hmm. Uh, and that really just depends on, you know, really depends on how big you're talking. If you just want to get up and running for your number one retailer trading partner, and we've already got data flowing, you know, our familiarity with your system, that can happen pretty quick. You know, maybe it's, hey, I'm actually cutting over a large portion of my business. I got to do several dozen at one time. Well, that's going to take a little bit more planning and a little bit more work. Right. So again, it gets kind of like your customer size question. You, we, we we span project scopes, but the number one thing is, hey, let's make sure you're getting your orders. We don't want to lose any business. And then yes. go just get started and know that the partner like an SPS is thinking about you growing your business and mm-hmm. is going to be there for you as you grow that business. So you can just get started and then you can increase what you're doing and how you're automating and what that looks like, right? As you go on, because a lot of times when you take on a big technology pro- uh, project or a partner, um, there's a lot of different things that you have to do. But if you can just get started and then maybe hit some milestones as you go, I think that's amazing. So as the industry continues to evolve, what should 3PLs be thinking about? And most importantly, what should they be investing in? And I know we're going to link to an article in the show notes for this episode to an SPS uh, commerce.com blog. So go and check out our show notes. But um, yeah, so talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, especially on the 3PL side of the business, you know, when I when I talk to our customers, our prospects, it seems like, you know, one of the common threads is everybody's investing in, use this term earlier, is that that visibility. They want their customers to understand the inventory positions in their facilities, mm-hmm. want them to be able to see, you know, uh, the order activity, like all of that. So I think 3PLs are going to continue and invest in, in, in those spaces for sure. And, you know, more in our world, we see more and more uh, 3PLs that are, you know, we've kind of coined the term hybrid in that maybe before they were doing primarily shipping in bulk, and then they have a customer that's now pushing them to another fulfillment model or another type of shipping. So taking over more of the total expectations of, of their customers. Uh, but I mean, really, 
on the 3PL side, their, you know, space is a, is a consistent theme too. You know, right. like you can only grow as fast as you have the facilities to grow. So yeah. coming up with creative partnerships that allows you to, to help your customers uh, maybe without necessarily having to invest in space uh, is, a, is a theme. Uh, and then obviously, you know, growing through acquisition, growing through expansion. I mean, everybody is looking for ways to, you know, save save money on freight, which at the end of the day gets to your in inventory allocation strategy. And as a 3PL, your ability to collaborate with your customers on their allocation strategy and then execute on their strategy in terms of where they're distributing inventory, who they're shipping into and when. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy business. <laughs> and in, in our position, we're just, uh, we're trying to help them with, one of those areas that whole let us help you con connect and collaborate with your customer. Let yeah. us help you bring those playbooks, so you don't have to you know spend a bunch of time figuring out every single retailer. Let us get you to the five yard line on your own, yeah. or, or with with our help. So yeah. yeah, I think it's a it's a complex space, and there's a lot going on there. Well, also flow of goods, right? We want that. We want those goods coming in and going out and coming in and going out. Yep. <laughs> and Absolutely. as long as we've got the communication, the right technology partners who we're working with um, to really help move that data so that we can keep goods uh, flowing in and out as we need and to figure out what inventory is moving and what inventory is not moving and what SKUs do we need to reduce? I mean, there's so many things that um, you are doing with the data, the visibility and everything that you're providing to your clients that is really going to make a difference in that world. So finally, then, what does the future hold for SPS? I mean, you're already doing some incredible things. So what can we expect to see? You know, I'd hopefully more of the same, right? <laughs> continue, you know, continue, continued growth. I mean, we we center ourselves so much on our our customers and our customers' business problems, and you've you've heard me. We've talked about the collaboration. We've talked about our focus on retail, and really, when when something shows up in those areas, that's where we want to help our customers. So whether it's the next set of data that that needs to be improved in terms of collaboration, whether it's another area of our customers' business processes, uh, that's where you're going to see us go, and uh, we focus intently on retailers, their supplier communities, the third-party logistics providers, um, and there's a bunch more, you know, actors, if you will, that that play in that in, in the retail supply chain, obviously. Uh, but we're going to continue to listen to our customers. We're going to continue to make investments into everything related to that, that collaboration in the retail supply chain. Amazing. Well, I cannot wait to follow along with your journey, your story, and see what else you have going on. So consumers have more choices than ever with a huge number of channels to shop from and an endless stream of products. With so many choice and flexibility, how do you stay relevant and profitable? Well, you need to embrace an omni-channel strategy, connect, maintain, and optimize your channels, get better data, manage your inventory, and streamline fulfillment. And you can do all of that with SPS Commerce. Hand the heavy lifting of automation, order management, fulfillment, and sales data tracking 
over to the industry experts so you can focus on innovation, growth, and the priorities that matter most to you. And so did you have a guess at today's big question? Well, at the top of the show, I asked you, according to Statista, what was the total value of U.S. retail sales in June 2023? Well, it was an estimated $631 billion, a considerable increase compared to the same month one year earlier. Wow. Well, if you want to find out more, you can check them out at spscommerce.com. And a massive thanks to Tony for joining me and to the team at SPS for making this episode happen. Thank you, Sarah. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com to check out the latest. And we have some new filters. So if you're looking for a specific episode to find a solution to your supply chain challenge, you can use those filters or even the search bar to find out the content that we have on that particular challenge. And we've most likely had the solution on our show. And remember to come back next week, I'm going to be joined by Bobby, who's going to be coming on and talking about Envase and their product Secure Space. Now, I can't wait to hear all about this because they've really been making an impact in the trucking and the drayage industry with their platform. They are helping brokerages. They're helping small to mid-sized businesses. And you are not going to want to miss this episode to find out more about what they have been working on. If you enjoy the show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We're even over on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over on letstalksupplychain.com. You can find some really cool merch for that special supply chainer in your life over on letstalksupplychain.com under shop. So go and check that out. And when you're looking for cutting edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond emoji reactions? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe, yet stimulating for everyone. Until now, welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community, one platform that is as dynamic and innovative as you are.
Focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community, the Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. Head over to the website and join the group that you, the membership group that you would like to be a part of. The Supply Chainers is exclusive content never before seen. Then we have the Woman in Supply Chain monthly meetup group, and that is professionally facilitated by two dynamic women that you're not going to want to miss out on. And then three, I'm hosting a monthly meetup for marketing professionals in supply chain. We are going to have all sorts of experts. We are going to bring in in your ideal client so that you can talk to them directly. And we're going to be able to talk really about what is going on in the industry and how you can maximize your ROI. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go ahead and rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.